You're listening to The Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means that is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we want to look at Isaiah chapter 37. This is the continuation of the story that we looked at in our last podcast from Isaiah chapter 36. In Isaiah chapter 36, we examined the words of the Assyrian king Sennacherib, to learn how our enemy seeks to demoralize and discourage us through his lies. In Isaiah chapter 37, we will be looking at how King Hezekiah handled the crisis that he faced with Sennacherib. The big idea in today's podcast is what do I do with the difficulties I face? So let's look at Isaiah chapter 37, reading verses 14 to 20 in the New Living Translation. After Hezekiah received the letter and read it, he went to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Listen to me, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, just as the message says. And they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. It is clear from Isaiah chapter 36 and 37 that Hezekiah was facing some pretty major difficulties. Sennacherib was threatening to attack Jerusalem if Hezekiah did not surrender. Jerusalem was facing a siege from the Assyrian armies that surrounded it. Sennacherib's power was clearly superior to that of Hezekiah. All of Jerusalem, and in particular Hezekiah, as the king of Judah, was clearly in crisis. What could he do about the difficulties that he was facing? Let's give you some more details as to what was going on. So let's briefly summarize the first part of Isaiah chapter 37 leading up to our text. In Isaiah chapter 37, verses 1 to 4, it tells us, When King Hezekiah heard what Sennacherib had said, this is all recorded in Isaiah chapter 36, he plunged into despair. It says in Isaiah 37, verse 1, And so it was, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. 
After going into the temple, he sent a group of leaders to speak to the prophet Isaiah, asking for his prayers and any word that God would speak through him for those of us who are still left. That's the words of Hezekiah from Isaiah 37 and verse 4. Most of the villages of Judah had been conquered by Sennacherib's armies, and only Jerusalem was left. The leaders quoted Hezekiah's words in saying, The children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. That's Isaiah 37 and verse 3. This is a metaphor that Isaiah used to express the place that Judah was in at this time. In the words of A.J. Alexander, this metaphor expresses, and I quote, extreme pain, eminent danger, critical emergency, utter weakness, and entire dependence on the aid of others, unquote. Jerusalem, Hezekiah, and all of Judah were in serious critical danger. Hezekiah suggested that maybe Jehovah had overheard the mocking words of Sennacherib and will rebuke him for his arrogance. Isaiah chapter 37 verses 5 to 7. The Lord then assures the king through the prophet Isaiah that there is no reason to fear the king of Assyria. The Lord will send a spirit, perhaps a spirit of apprehension, upon Sennacherib, so that hearing a rumor, he would return to his own land and be killed there. This prophetic word was fulfilled exactly the way that Isaiah spoke it. The fulfillment of this prophetic word is recorded for us in Isaiah chapter 37, verses 36 to 38. We will look at these verses a little bit later on. In Isaiah chapter 37, verses 8 to 13, the Assyrian army finds themselves fighting on another front at Libna. That's verse 8. They are also frustrated by a rumor that Taraka has set out to attack him. That's verse 9. Sennacherib sends a messenger to Hezekiah with a letter similar to his speech that the Rabshakeh delivered to Jerusalem in Isaiah chapter 36. He cites the folly of trusting in Jehovah by recounting the historical victories of the kings of Assyria. In Isaiah chapter 37 verses 14 to 20, Hezekiah has the good sense to take the letter to the temple and spread it out before the Lord. The king with great faith asks God to save Judah from the king of Assyria so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord and you alone. That's verse 20. Hezekiah turns his troubles over to God as we all should do. All of us go through difficulties as Hezekiah did in this situation. What do we do when difficulties come upon us? We need to take our difficulties to God as Hezekiah did. This is the major burden of truth that's found in Isaiah chapter 37. Let's examine how Hezekiah turned over his difficulties to God. The first thing that Hezekiah did was he got a clear understanding of his difficulties. Verse 1 and verse 14. After all the events recorded in Isaiah chapter 36, Hezekiah's three negotiators reported back to him the words of Sennacherib. 
Hezekiah's reaction is recorded in Isaiah chapter 37 verse 1. And so it was, when King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. These same words were also given to him in letter form. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. That's Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 14. Many times we face troubles or problems, but we really don't always know what the real root of the problem is. We think we know what our problem is, but we really don't. The first step in dealing with any problem is to define what the problem is. Many people fail to do this. They never really define what their difficulties are. Many times, those that face problems are enamored with secondary issues. Difficulties will not be resolved this way. We need to move past all of the secondary issues and find the root cause of our problem. Let me try to illustrate with an example of how we can find the root cause to a problem. So let's start with a simple problem statement. You are on your way home from work and your car stops in the middle of the road. Why did your car stop? Because you ran out of gas. Is that the real problem? Let's ask another question. Why did your car run out of gas? Because I didn't buy any gas on my way to work in the morning. Is that the real problem? Let's ask another question. Why did you not buy gas in the morning? Because I didn't have any money. Is that the real problem? Let's ask another question. Why didn't you have any money? Because I gave all of my money to my friend who needed a loan. Is that the real problem? Let's ask one more question. Why did you loan your friend all of your money? Because I'm not really good at saying no to a friend. Now we're beginning to find out the root cause of the problem. This is just an example. I don't recommend asking everyone you meet why five times. The point is that we ask questions in an attempt to find the root cause of a problem. You find root causes by asking good questions. In Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 1, it tells us that King Hezekiah heard the threats of the king of Assyria. In Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 14, it tells us that King Hezekiah received the letter from Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. And Hezekiah received the letter and read it. When difficulties come, we must sit down and quietly weigh out, honestly and objectively, the difficulties that we face. As parents dealing with our children, we must honestly and objectively analyze the problems our children are having so that we can deal with their problems correctly. Let's illustrate this. A problem arises between your two boys. I am called upon to resolve a conflict between them. But I'm in a hurry and I don't really want to take the time to question them carefully. I yell at my oldest boy and tell him to stop picking on his younger brother. I attempt to bring resolve to a conflict between them, but I really haven't discovered the true nature of the problem. We don't take the time to define the problem that we face. We also do the same thing in dealing with our own personal problems. Hezekiah examined carefully the difficulties that he was facing. 
Not only did Hezekiah get a clear understanding of his difficulties, but secondly, he took his difficulties to God first. Verses 1 and 14. When King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Verse 14. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Hezekiah went to God first. Many times we go to God last. We try many other solutions first before we actually consult God. And so it was when King Hezekiah heard it, and he tore his clothes, he covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. This verse refers back to the speech of the Reb Shaker recorded in chapter 36. Hezekiah didn't procrastinate in taking his troubles to God. A young boy was once asked in the Sunday school class, What does procrastination mean? He answered, I don't really know, but I think it has something to do with what our church believes. Many of us procrastinate in taking our difficulties to God. Instead of telling the Lord first about our difficulties, we complain to others about them. We express worry and anger and fear about them. We receive hundreds of opinions about what we should do. We determine what we should do about our difficulties instead of praying. God should be the first person to hear about our difficulties and not the last person. I am not condemning the spiritual counsel of others. If we would take our difficulties to the Lord immediately, first thing, then we may not have to share our troubles with everyone else. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, the Bible tells us that Asa, the king of Judah, was at war with Baasha, the king of Israel, the northern kingdom against the southern kingdom. Asa stripped the temple of the Lord of all of its treasures to hire the king of Syria to war against Baasha, the king of Israel, in order to solve his problem. It says in Second Chronicles 16, verses 2 and 3, Asa responded by taking the silver and the gold from the treasuries of the Lord's temple and from the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruler in Damascus, along with this message. Let us renew the treaty that exists between your father and my father. See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Bahasha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. Asa paid the king of Syria to solve his problem with the king of Israel, the northern kingdom. The Bible goes on to tell us that God sent a prophet to Asa and told him, Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram, Instead of the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the armies of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all of their chariots and their horsemen? At that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them all over to you. That's 2 Chronicles 16 verses 7 and 8. The prophet reminded Asa that Judah overcame a million-man army with God's help. 
This is recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 14. Look at the last thing that the prophet said to Asa, the king of Judah. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. That's 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9. If your heart is committed to God, he is going to support you, strengthen you, and fight your battles. You need to take your problems to God and not try to deal with them on your own. God is offended when we do this, when we take our problems and we try to deal with them on our own instead of giving them to God. God wants us to take our problems to him and give them to him. Not only did Hezekiah take his problems to God first, but thirdly, he presented his difficulties to God. Verses 14 and 15 and also 17 to 20. Let's read these verses. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it, that is the letter from Sennacherib, before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. And then let's read verses 17 to 20. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the king of Assyria has laid waste all the nations and their lands, and has cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. That's Isaiah chapter 37, verses 17 to 20. So Hezekiah spread it out before the Lord. He spread this letter from Sennacherib out before the Lord. Verse 14. This was a symbolic action of his utter dependence upon God. He was literally bringing the threat that the nation faced before God. He took the threatening letter from Sennacherib and spread it out before the Lord. The Bible doesn't tell us this, but maybe Hezekiah even read the letter aloud to God. Hezekiah poured out his fears, his concerns, and all of his troubles to God. We would be spared a lot of grief and pain if we would do this with our troubles, if we would take our troubles and spread them out before God. This is essentially what we do in the ministry of inner healing thoroughly and honestly pouring out our difficulties and our troubles before God. Hezekiah took his difficulties to God. We are to take our burdens and our troubles and give them to God. It is a good thing to talk things over with others, but only the Lord can work in our hearts and turn our fear into faith. God knows everything that the enemy says, and he has a perfect plan for us. By faith, we need to take everything to God in prayer. What happens when we don't take our troubles to God? We carry the burden of our problems on our own instead of giving them to God. 
anxiety and fear build and settle into our lives. And we carry all of this. When we don't take our problems to God, we are left to face them on our own. Here we see Hezekiah, the king, with all of his authority and dignity, broken and in total humility before God. Hezekiah reminded the Lord that the words of Sennacherib were in reality a reproach against the living God. He acknowledged that it was true that the kings of Assyria had laid waste the other nations and the cities that they had invaded. He correctly recognized that the gods of these other nations were in reality no gods. Hezekiah chose to take all of his difficulties to God and entrust them to God. He literally handed over Sennacherib's threatening letter to the Lord. Years ago, in the pioneer days of aviation, a pilot was making a flight around the world. After he had been gone for two hours from his last landing field, he heard a noise in his plane, which he recognized as the gnawing of a rat. He realized that while his plane had been on the ground, a rat had gotten into the plane. For all he knew, the rat could be gnawing through a vital cable or control of the plane. It was a very serious situation. He was both concerned and anxious. At first, he did not know what to do. It was two hours back to his landing field from which he had taken off and more than two hours to his next field ahead. Then he remembered that the rat was a rodent. It was not made for the heights. It was made to live on ground and under the ground. Therefore, the pilot began to climb. He went up a thousand feet, then another thousand feet, then another until he was more than 20,000 feet in the air. The gnawing ceased. The rat was dead. He could not survive in the atmosphere of those heights. More than two hours later, the pilot brought the plane safely to the next landing field and found the dead rat. We as Christians worry and fear a rodent. It cannot live in the secret place of the Most High. It cannot breathe in the atmosphere made vital by prayer. Worry dies when we ascend to the Lord through prayer. Hezekiah took his fears, concerns, and difficulties to God. He took the threat and presented it to God. Not only did Hezekiah lay out all of his difficulties before God, pouring out his heart before God, but fourthly, he kept his focus on God. Verse 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim. You are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. That's Isaiah chapter 37, verse 16. He didn't stay focused on his troubles, but he put it all in proper perspective. I'm not suggesting that we use God as an escape from troubles, that we ignore our problems and hope that they will go away, that we ignore them and pretend that they don't exist. Troubles can look very big and hopeless as we view them. If we give constant focus to our difficulties, we will find ourselves walking in defeat. We need to give equal time to meditating on God and His greatness and His power. If ever there was an opportunity for Hezekiah to get buried in his problems, this was that time. 
his difficulties were critical. Hezekiah took time to focus on God and meditate on his greatness. If God is so great and mighty, is anything too hard for him? This was a question that Abraham was asked. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. That's Genesis 18 and verse 14. A difficult time in Abraham and Sarah's life when they had no son. And they were promised a son, but they had no son. And God addresses them and says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Genesis 18 and verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? saying, Shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? Sarah had resigned to her trouble that she was not going to bear a child, because she was old. She had given up and accepted the reality that she was childless and barren. Any suggestion that she would have a child in her old age seemed to her like a joke. We often do this. We resign to our difficulties because they are too big. But our focus is wrong. It should be on God. Some people look to God through their troubles. And some people look at their troubles through God. Do you see the difference here? The difference is that of focus. Which do you do? Hezekiah and all of Judah were in crisis. They were in big trouble with little or no hope of deliverance from Sennacherib. There was no better time for Hezekiah to look to God for salvation. Not only did Hezekiah keep his focus on God, but finally he trusted God to take care of his difficulties. Verses 17 to 20. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. That's Isaiah 37, verses 17 to 20. The summary of Hezekiah's prayer is this, O Lord, our God, save us from his hand. Isaiah chapter 37, verse 20. God will always do what is best for us. Do you really believe that? To doubt this is lack of trust in God's character. There are Christians who don't trust God to take care of their difficulties. These are the ones that come up with their own plans. Like Asa did in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, God rebuked Asa for coming up with his own plan because it fell short of God's better plan. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. God's stories always come out right. With dramatic skill, a Sunday school teacher was telling the story of Abraham and his obedient preparation to sacrifice his son Isaac. 
As the story neared its climax, a little girl pleaded, Oh, please, don't go on. This story is too terrible. Another girl interrupted, Don't be silly, Mary. This is one of God's stories. God's stories always come out right. God rules and overrules and causes everything to come out right for his children. This doesn't mean it will always turn out the way that we want it to. Notice that Hezekiah sought to glorify God alone, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. That's verse 20. More than anything else, Hezekiah was concerned for the glory of God. God spoke clearly to Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. That's Isaiah 37, verses 6 and 7. God told Hezekiah not to fear the words of Sennacherib. Remember, those words were spoken and written in order to create fear. The words of the enemy will discourage you, but God's word will encourage you. In every battle, his word to you is, do not be afraid. Many times when God speaks encouraging words, the enemy will come with additional threats. Have you also noticed that when God speaks, there is usually little or no immediate change in your personal circumstances? This was the case with Hezekiah. Further threats came with little change in his circumstances. What are we to do with this? There are at least two possible options. We can give up and cave into our circumstances, or we can continue to believe God and press through to victory. The threat came in writing. Sennacherib wrote, Others have not escaped the great Assyrian army. What makes you think you will? Verses 10 to 13. The Bible tells us that Hezekiah prayed to the Lord in Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 15. The Lord said three things to Hezekiah through the prophet Isaiah. These words are recorded for us in Isaiah chapter 37 verses 22 to 35. The first thing that Isaiah said was that the Assyrian army would be driven back and deliverance would come to Jerusalem and all of Judah. The second thing that he said was that a remnant would remain in Judah and life would go on as usual with some hardships. And then the third thing that Isaiah said was that Sennacherib would not defeat Jerusalem. Isaiah 37 verses 33 to 35. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot a narrow there, nor come before it with a shield, nor build a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by that same shall he return. He shall not come into the city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. God would miraculously intervene for Jerusalem. The fulfillment of this prophecy is recorded in Isaiah chapter 37, verses 36 to 38. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 
185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses, all dead. So Sennacherib the king of Assyria departed and went away, returning home and remaining at Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nishrak, his god, that his son struck him down with the sword. To summarize the events, 185,000 Assyrian troops died in the night. Sennacherib retreated back to Nineveh. Twenty years later, Sennacherib was murdered by his sons. Anyone who has truly trusted in God has not been disappointed. Sennacherib defied the God of Israel, and yet he died in the house of his God, who could not protect him. God can handle your enemies far better than you can. We can trust God to take care of our difficulties. So let's quickly summarize what Isaiah did with the difficulties that he faced. He got a clear understanding of the difficulties he faced, an objective, clear understanding which included the faith factor or the God factor. He was quick to take his difficulties to God. God was the first to hear about his problems. He spread out or presented his whole problem before God and put the matter into God's hands. He kept his focus on God. When we put our focus on our problems or anything other than God, we will lose. But he kept his focus on God. He trusted God to take care of his difficulties. The faith element is always necessary to move forward in the Christian life. Like Hezekiah, you may be facing a looming disaster. Things may look bleak for you. You may be overwhelmed and very aware of your utter helplessness before these difficulties. Remember that these difficulties may look big to you, but God is bigger. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing to iTunes. If you like the podcast, why not submit an iTunes review? Thanks for listening.